today I'm joined by Victoria Modisher. She leads marketing in our East region. Phil Stimson, he's the head of sales in the East. And Jason Cooperman, who is our chief product experience officer. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for having us. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having us. We're going to talk about transit. We spoke about it a few months ago, but we're going to pick up that conversation again about how cities have changed and the different ways people are moving about them, particularly with regard to public transit. And we've come up with this notion and concept of urban mobility and what that means for advertisers trying to reach specific audiences. So my first question goes to Jason around urban mobility. Urban mobility is a term that's been around for a while, but it's getting a lot of attention recently. And it quite simply is everything involved in moving people in, out, and around within cities. You know, that includes getting students to and from their homes to school, workers to and from their places of work, and people to and from places of entertainment, shopping, dining, and so on. And when it comes to how people are moving around smart cities and how that's changed more recently and with regards to technology, what is the impact that you think that that has had on the, the way people see themselves in cities and where out-of-home fits into their journeys? That's a great question, Lindsay. As cities have gotten larger and more populated, urban mobility has become an increasing focus of city planners and businesses in the city because larger cities require more intelligent approaches to transportation in order to avoid traffic, congestion, delays, and of course the environmental impact of everybody trying to get around in their own personal car. You, know, you mentioned technologies. Technology is a big part of trying to solve for these problems. So you know you hear the term smart cities, which is really cities using technology often through the collection of data to help ease urban mobility through an alignment of demand and supply, really what ride sharing is, and well-coordinated multimodal journeys, which might combine a public bus ride and a scooter ride or a ride sharing service, for instance. And all these technologies make urban mobility more useful to individuals as well as more efficient for the city overall. And the technology hasn't just improved sort of the backbone or the infrastructure of urban mobility, but it's also improved the individual customer experience of what they're doing in transit around cities. So you've got contactless credit card payments or paying with your mobile device, such as uh, the New York Omni system, makes life so much easier for riders. And of course, the LiveBoard network that we installed, you know, these digital displays at Outfront put in many of the nation's transit systems bring bright and lively modern advertising inventory to these audiences and, of course, informative and entertainment content as well to the riders. And that's important for advertisers because cities remain the most efficient aggregation of large populations. And that means that many of the facets of urban mobility re remain extremely valuable environments for advertisers to reach their audiences with messaging. Whether you're in a bus or walking somewhere and you see the bus pass by or you walk past a bike share station or you're in a subway station, advertisers want to reach those audiences. And that's why we've aligned a lot of our advertising inventory around the facets of urban mobility. So Jason, everything you shared about the enhancements that are happening within the public transit networks in New York, across the country, and also where the enhancements are happening on the media itself, but then how technology has changed the way people are 
entering stations through Omni, for example, or the way they're interacting in stations. When it comes to actual mobility and how people are still moving around cities and they're choosing either to take subways or to ride scooters or however they're choosing to move around, that I'd love to hear more about how we recommend reaching audiences and doing so in a way that accounts for the changing nature in which people are engaging with public transit and commuting to their various activities to work wherever they are going, but they're still opting in for public transit. Thanks, Lindsay. As you know, over the past 12 months, our routines have changed dramatically, really mixing up our way of life. Remote working has altered the daily commute. We aren't going into the office Monday through Friday, nine to five. However, we are still moving around, um, staying closer to home in our local neighborhoods. We are noticing across our transit systems that uh, ridership is returning at a higher rate on off-peak times, so meaning nights and weekends, which just alludes that people are taking it to get around in general. So we ran a study in November of 2020 with M4, and we found that 65% of riders use the subway to get around for leisure. So that's to go to the grocery store, to meet friends, and so forth. That same study also referenced that 50% still say that the subway is the easiest and fastest way to get around town. And there was a, a great mention from CNBC, one of the reporters in the fall that said, subway's great, still the best way to get around town. So as technology brings all of these new ways of urban mobility into the forefront of our, our urban environments, the subway is still the heartbeat of the city. It's still the main source of how people get around. So many other elements have come in to support that, to help out that last mile. Um, if you're traveling to an area that the subway is a half mile to a mile past your location destination, you, you jump on a scooter for that last little bit. But you jump back on the subway for the longer ride. So they're definitely working hand in hand and our smart cities are really supporting that. And I know that in getting an understanding of how people are moving about cities, why they're choosing different modes of transportation at different points, like you just cited, how did you go about identifying the different patterns of behavior and the types of people riding public transit and why they were making the decisions that they were? So in addition to the study that we ran with M4 in November, we also did some journey mapping and persona development within the New York City area. We were able to connect with three unique individuals who really were able to tell us about their daily journey before COVID and then what it looks like today. And these are people within our, our normal everyday interactions. We were lucky enough to interview a C-suite of a national financial institute who isn't doing the daily commute to Tribeca every day, but is getting out of the house as much as possible within his local Upper West Side neighborhood, getting out on the weekends to explore outside the city. We've also were able to interview an executive assistant from the Bronx, who is spending so much time in her local neighborhoods, meeting um, her friends socially distanced. And we're seeing a lot of that within the stats of mobility that, that we see around the city. Outer stations, the outer boroughs are returning at a faster rate. 
there was a great article that referenced traffic in New York City, specifically being the most congested city in the U.S., even during this trying time. So I think that really just shows how people are moving around, and it's nice to put some faces with the data that we're finding. When it comes to bringing these stories to brands and reminding them of the reasons to choose out of home, they may still be leery of it, thinking people aren't out of their homes as much or that people are still kind of locked down, even though people are, there's so much data supporting that people are out and about that much more. What are the methods that we help them understand for reaching audiences? And what are areas that we focus on with them? Things like seasonality and timing. So in an at-home world, smart brands realize the value of out-of-home. So it really uh, builds credibility, confidence, and trust in the real world. And some of those smart brands that we're seeing across our urban environments today include Uber Eats, Seamless, Doc Martens, all with a layered approach, mixing up their inventory to reach the audience, today's audience, wherever they are. With Uber Eats, Seamless, and Doc Martens, they're doing uh, high-impact walls, bus USKs, urban panels right at street level, and then layering in that subway audience with the long dwell time on our live boards, as Jason had mentioned before. As the cities continue to reopen, I mean, just this week, we're receiving amazing weather. People are out and about. Great news of more vaccines on the horizon, as well as more reopenings from arts and entertainment to large venues, restaurants, schools. There is definitely a sense of positivity, a sense of mobility within our urban environments. And brands are are really aligning with that sense of joy that not only are residents feeling, but brands are starting to feel that as well. And certainly as the vaccines continue to roll out and there's more shots in arms, it does seem that people are starting to go out more to socialize more. CDC came out with new guidelines around socializing with people who are vaccinated. So I think all of that is building to people really getting out of home more and feeling more comfortable on public transit, in social places, and subsequently being in that many more locations that they're very happy to be in that provides this big opportunity for brands to reach them, which I think is a good moment for us now to turn this over to Phil. I have heard about our mix it up strategy and that there's very much a focus on the audiences and understanding their movements and subsequently how to connect with them using different media formats that reflect those activities. Oh, well, thanks, Lindsay. Well, my comment would be that out of home has always been a fantastic branding solution. It educates the population. It introduces the brands to consumers. And it is just as true today as it was previously that this is a great medium to get your name out and establish your presence. In addition to just offering, you know, high ROI with high frequency medium, which it also can be very, very good at. What I like to think about this environment, and we've got lots of data and the audience I'm sure has lots of data that they can tap into, you know, whether it's publicly available or or whether we provide it to you, that New York City residents 
are still in New York City. The idea that everybody's gone away just isn't true. It can be supported by some of the sources that we've talked about earlier. And people are just operating differently in the marketplace. And it's still easy to reach them without a home. New York's a very diverse media market. And there is out-of-home media at every street corner, on every avenue, on every expressway, underground, above ground, commuting in from the suburbs. There's media uh, everywhere, the commuter rail, the subways, the buses, the street furniture. It's a layered city with many media options. And I think the way to approach it is, where's the audience today? Largely, the audience is working from home. Three or four people are walking and biking more. They're outside more, primarily because they were at home all day and they said, I've got to take a break. I've got to unplug from my my Zoom meetings, my team meetings, my constant digital exposure. And I go for a walk at lunch. I'm going to go for a run in the morning. I'm going to walk the dog. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I want to get outside. And when, when they're outside, um, we're reaching them as we always have and always did. They're just not commuting. So in one way to think about it is back in 2019, we might have had advertisers that said, well, gee, the subway carries, you know, so many New Yorkers, 5.4 million a day. I'm going to buy the subway and it's a great captive medium and it, and it does a good job and clients have enjoyed that. And certainly we're not carrying 5.4 million a day on the subway because a lot of people are staying home. So we're carrying 1.8, about 30 percent. As of today, it's it, it's climbing a little bit as the weeks move on and, and people get uh, vaccinated, but people are still at home. Okay, but the street furniture is outside their home, their apartment. So is the buses. So we're billboards. So as they're moving around, all these people can be reached. And of course, people are driving a lot more if they don't want to be an inside environment, inside a train. New York auto ownership <laughs> increased. It's the highest it's ever been, which still doesn't make sense given so much public transportation. But if they're afraid to ride out of their places to go. And I think my point of this is that a previous approach might have been very concentrated. Perhaps one or two out-of-home media forms were used. And today's approach probably can and should be more layered, targeting people in their neighborhoods, but not giving up on the commutation when you still have 1.8 million people riding a subway. That's still more people than fly on airplanes in the United States on a daily basis. It's a lot of people and still a worthwhile audience. So I think the way to think about it is what's the appropriate media mix one should be using? And I think it comes down to weight. When we think about the reach and the frequency and the weight, this traditionally delivered effective campaigns or clients say it worked. I want to renew. I'm coming back year after year. You know, these tend to be in the 400 weekly TRPs in that level. And so the mix probably should shift if all of that could be delivered on the subway program over the course of a week and over the course of a campaign that might run four weeks or eight weeks. Maybe the idea is that that's brought down to 100 TRPs a week and then buses get another 100 TRPs and billboards get 100 TRPs and street furniture gets 100 TRPs and you're back 400 TRPs or whatever millions of impressions that you're formerly generating. And when you've then got the same reach and frequency, you've really pushed people into a way of creating action uh, where products are being purchased or awareness of the brand has reached a significantly elevated level. 
And that's the way I believe people can effectively buy the marketplace. And that's what advertisers are doing. And, and Victoria offered a few examples of advertisers that were doing that earlier in podcast. The other thing to think about is assumptions about people's behavior, you know, should be thought through. For instance, if Subway's at 30% of ridership, that's true, but all the news isn't bad. Because people are still commuting. They're just not commuting four to five days a week. They're working from home, yet they've decided to go into the office one to two days a week versus four to five. And this is also surfaced in the M4 study that we did. The people's behavior haven't just, you know, shut down and completely changed. It's just been modified. It's a matter of comfort of risk. So with that being said, and you've got that kind of activity, the way people are moving, it means that we formerly had a, a reach of 30% as an assumption on the subway because ridership was at 30%. So if you had 5.4 million a day and only 30% of the people are riding, your assumption is, well, I'm only reaching 30% of the, the people that we're, we're, we're riding right now. And the answer is, actually, you're reaching 50% of them, just not as frequently. Because the research told us that people were still riding, just like frequency. So let's just call it there's a greater cum of people that are riding. They're just riding less frequency which also goes towards mixing it up. Frequency is what's always helped out-of-home media. It doesn't have audio. It doesn't have full motion video in most cases. It's a static sign. So frequency really helps the consumer absorb that message. So if you've got more reach on the subway in its current status compared to the total ridership, but less frequency, you can layer in that frequency in the neighborhoods where people were living with the buses and with the street furniture. So that's a really effective way to mix it up, moving it around and using a layered approach to get to the same result. And it all boils down to buy the right weight, buy the weight that works. There can be an assumption of if one media form isn't working as well because the audience's behavior has changed or can't deliver the same level of audience is to just drop that portion of the buy off and maintain other portions of the buy that historically have been effective. But by dropping it off and not replacing the weight, you may re be reducing the, um, the effectiveness of the overall campaign. And Phil, everything you spoke about, about reaching audiences and how to reshape former media plans to have the same impact that brands are still seeking today was really helpful. And I think good context as people are re-looking at their broader media plans and considering out of home. And on our side, it really feels like America is out there and we deliver the audiences where the, wherever they are. It's time to mix it up. So thank you, Phil, Victoria, and Jason for joining. And as always, thank you to everyone for listening. And until next time, over and out.